That Don't Sound Right is a podcast about talking, talking the way we did before the internet, when you could not prove anyone right or wrong. All the expertise was contained in the people involved with the conversation. I'm Peter. I'm Cecil. And I hope you enjoy our conversations. And as you listen, if you find yourself silently saying, that don't sound right, send us a comment. You're one of us. And it was not Bob. So there are actually two Salcata tortoises on the loose in Greensboro on the same night. Wow. Welcome back to another episode of That Don't Sound Right. This is a podcast about talking, but tonight it's a podcast about our listeners. Over the past year or so, we've gotten a lot of mail. Yes. And we wanted to honor that mail and read it. Some of it's very good. Yes. So we want to recognize some folks. So get ready. My name's Peter Bielman. I'm your host tonight, along with my co-host. I'm Cecil Davis. All right, I've got several good letters. Do you want me to kick it off? Yeah, go for it. So the first one comes from my cousin, Sandra. She... Sandra? Sandra. Okay. So she uh, responded to episode 54 on the, uh, on the private mailbag line. So episode 54 was uh, the Beast of Blainboro. So um, you had asked a question in, the, in that episode about what the bottom of the swamp was like. Like if you were swimming in the swamp. Well, yeah, because part of that... Part of the hunt mm-hmm. was looking for this animal and walking around the, in swamp. the swamp. And I'm thinking, why do you walk? A, how can you walk around in a swamp? Right. Am it's, I going to get an answer to that question? Oh, yeah, you're going to get an answer to that. And as soon as she said it, I was like, she is absolutely right. So, you know, I told you there's a canal in the swamp, and that's where, you know, we would swim. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she said this, she said the bottom of the swamp is sand. And she is right. It's, there's leaves. There's a lot of leaves in the swamp. But the bottom especially where we were swimming, was sand. But aren't the leaves just kind of murky and gooey it's and not, yeah, cruddy? It's not, and not quite like that. If you get down there, that she's, she's exactly right. It's sandy. I've walked in an old lake or mm-hmm. like a farm pond. Yeah. Right? It's mucky. It is. It's slimy. Yeah. This is not This is different. Is it not? Yeah. Say so it's right. It, she's right. It's sand. I guess I just have to explain because that it. don't sound right because anything well, with stagnant water. No, this isn't stagnant. The, the uh, canal flows. As a current. But, okay, that's the canal, but what about walking in the swamp? Oh, uh, well, there's dry spots. Yeah, now, the rest of the swamp's just like a regular swamp. It can be mucky or... Okay. But, but there's a lot of sand even in there. All right. Because well, like, it's still, down near the coast. It still seems like you're walking around in yeah. some goo that... No, no, she, as soon as she said I was like, she's I don't care what's right. out there. I'm yeah. not, that don't, doesn't sound like it's <laughs> dry, walking around my bare feet and that stuff. And she had another comment on the Beast of Bladeboro. Okay. She said the, the Beast of Bladeboro didn't scare her in the swamp. The thing that scared her was the swamp hag. That there were stories that were told. Is that this my, another cryptid? Uh, no. I, um, I, she, I, I've gotten to hear these stories. I have never heard them, but my, some of my cousins have been told these stories of the swamp hag. I have not heard them. So, But she, she said that's much scarier than it means to blame for. I mean, what is the swamp hag? Do we have any? I don't know. I don't have any, I'll, have to get, I'll have to call her and get the, uh, okay. get the details. So that's, uh, that's my first letter. Have you got one? Yeah, so uh, I had two letters mm. about episode number 50, oh. Doggone. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. So there's a, actually there's a, lot of, there's a lot of chatter about that one. Right, the dog tracker. The dog tracker. Yes. Right? And so 
uh, Brad writes about tracking animals. And he actually has a 15-year-old exotic turtle. It's not a box turtle, mind you. An exotic turtle. I'm, I, feel a, I feel a very strong that don't sound right coming up. So Bob is an African spurred tortoise or a sulcata. Really? Yes. He's, he's uh, 15... <laughs> 15-ish years old, 42, uh, looks like he says 42, he's 42 pounds. He's wow. a big turtle. Wow. How long has he had him? Uh, let's see. I, enough where, where Bob the turtle has escaped three times. <laughs> How does a turtle escape? Well, uh, it's, he just gets out of his corral. Huh. And they have an air tag uh, epoxy to his shell. An uh, apple? An apple air tag glued to his shell. <laughs> that's how they can find him. That's pretty good. Now, the funny thing is... Um, is this like a valuable turtle? I, I, well, it's exotic. Right. I don't know if it's valuable. Yeah. But uh, while he was looking for Bob, uh -huh. he got a text from someone who said they had Bob. Uh -huh. But he had already found Bob. They found another exotic and it turned, turtle? It was a, they sent him a picture, uh -huh. and it was not Bob. So there are actually two Salcata tortoises on the loose in Greensboro on the same night. Wow. I mean, you can't make that stuff up. No, no, no. That don't sound right at all. <laughs> it doesn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's so the first all, letter. But you also need to understand that, that yeah. that's actually endorsed by the zoo. The zoo actually air tags their tortoises too. Like the Greensboro Zoo. Really? They, they, they air tag all their tortoises and turtles. So those guys are just, you know, cruising around. If they need to go round them up, they know where they live. They oh, right, in yeah. the habitat. Yeah, in the habitat. They know where to get them. Or if they get out right. and they don't know. Right. Because evidently tortoises and turtles are escape artists. Mm. This is very interesting. <laughs> so the other one, the other email, email is from Harry. Mm -hmm. So Harry had an experience where he, had, he heard a lot of racket in his backyard. Um, there's an animal sound in the woods. And so it, it, you know, he couldn't tell if it was a dog. It sounded like a predator or something. So he went back out there and and checked it out, and in fact, actually found there was a dog circling a tree, and um, he couldn't tell what it had treed, but the dog had a collar on it mm -hmm. and a GPS tracker, and but the dog was going nuts, so he was right. not going to get close to it. Right. Um, so they called the phone number and said, "Hey, uh, there's a dog in the woods in our woods." making a lot of noise and he's got your number on it and uh the guy said oh yeah you probably he probably found a raccoon and treat it uh -huh. i'll be right there i'm three miles away wow so eventually you know they went back inside the dog mm. stayed out there and the, and the owners came and got it but were they hunting uh, it, it's hard to say. It's uh, hard to say what they were doing. But uh, he had a collar on it, and it was 8 o'clock at night, so they could have been hunting, and it was at the end of the night, and the okay. dogs got away. But, you know, the question is, mm -hmm. do people think it's okay to enter one's property without permission if they're ch chasing down their hunting dogs? Or in my case, if they're chasing down their lost dog. I would say that people do think it's okay. Well, we've encountered, you know, Harry's encountered somebody, and right. I've encountered, a, yep. you know, a, a pair of people who think it's yep. okay yep. to enter your property looking for their dog. Yep. So uh, I don't I, think there's some. I don't think there's some areas in the country where that would be okay. I agree. <laughs> I 
Uh, so Lisa, our Western North Carolina listener, whose birthday was yesterday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy Lisa. birthday, Lisa. She, uh, she also said that she has people that have the dog collars that you can track. And that, after she said that, I remembered, I mean, I've got, I know people that have like hunting dogs that do have tracking collars on. So you got a, I've got another mailbag for us. Yeah, go for it. All right. So this actually came from my wife, Christy. So about episode 55, Lover Parade. Okay. So she added a detail to it that I had forgotten. The reason my kids uh, did not want to watch the parade, this is where my van got put into the parade in the small town. Right. Yeah, so my, the reason my kids wouldn't look up at the parade as we were going through is because they were watching an Andy Griffith episode on the laptop. Oh, no. So right there in the Yeah, and so Christy town. was like, we're in an Andy Griffith episode. <laughs> my, uh, my boss, Chuck, Yes. So he commented about this. Uh, he has he has had two parade incidents. Similar to that? Uh, not quite. <laughs> uh, he didn't run over barricades disguised as sawhorses. <laughs> sawhorses. He had, he and his buddies on motorcycles uh, came up to a small town. Right. And a parade was in progress, and so they had to stop and wait. And the police said, are you trying to get through? You know, it mm. might be hard to get you through. And they said, oh, it's no problem. We're, you know, we're just cruising. And, the, and then the, the policeman said, oh, wait, there's a motorcycle group coming in the parade. <laughs> you just jump in with them. Did he do it? And follow the parade the rest of the way. And then you get out much quicker. And right. he did. He yeah. just jumped in, the, jumped in the parade with the rest of the motorcycle gang and just cruised through. Um, that is funny. And then the other incident was they were in Gatlinburg. Uh. And it was kind of a informal classic car cruise night right. in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Yeah. Well, his son and daughter were in their car, right. which was an older Mitsubishi Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow they got caught up right in the middle of the classic car right. cruise. And they cruised right to the hotel. Mm. And instead of turning in and coming back to the hotel where they were staying for the night, right. they just kept going. In the parade. <laughs> they said, we're just going to live yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. They were waving and yeah. just enjoying being part of a parade. Oh, yeah. Everyone loves a parade. Everybody loves a parade. That's why we did the episode. The, uh, so I've got one. Uh, this is from for episode 56, Texas, Texas Pete, Russell's, California. Oh, okay. All right. So this is from my dad. I had forgotten about this. Um, we were up at uh, Cho One College, where I did. I went to a junior college for two years, and um, we were going to eat at a restaurant. But we didn't know anything about the restaurant. But it, on the outside, I remember this restaurant. I think it was called Parker's Restaurant, and um, it was looked really kind of fancy on the outside. Um, and so we were kind of trying to decide where we go. And there was a lake in the back. And I think mom and dad had kind of walked down toward the lake. And my, my dad says that my brother and I came down there and said, hey, Dad, they've got Texas Pete on the table. And that's what, that was the pivoting, that was the pivotal point for us going into the restaurant. And so they, they, made, they were like, okay. I don't care how, the long, how long the line is. Yep, yep. They've got Texas Pete on the table. So that was a, a mailbag from my dad. Episode 44, Grounded. Yes. Can you get zapped in the bathtub by lightning? <laughs> this episode generated a lot of comments. So... If there was one state in the union where you'd think someone would get zapped mm. by taking a bath in lightning, what state would that be? Florida. Excellent choice. Yes. So our brand ambassador's wife, Tracy, uh, grew up in Florida. Really? She did. And she's a physician. Yes. So she's very keen to injuries 
and different kind of ailments. Yes. She said in all her time growing up in Florida, she had never, ever heard of someone getting zapped by lightning <laughs> by taking a bath during a lightning storm. It just further supports my theory. What's that? That, that you can't, it it's can't bogus. happen. You're right. It, it can't happen. Right. That's right. The chances of it happening are very, very small. So I got one more uh, um, mailbag for me, from me. So this one comes, this one actually comes from Lisa, who we were just talking about on episode 52, which was our one year anniversary. Yeah. That we did right. live from West Salem Public House. That was fun. That was fun. Name of the episode was Don't Judge Us. And so she told a story about. Uh, being called for jury duty, and uh, when they uh, let her off, she actually danced out of the jury box. She danced. <laughs> she danced out of the jury box. That sound, that don't sound right. right. Yeah. The fact that she didn't get fined or yeah, something. Right, right, So, So Brad, he also had a jury, jury uh, duty story, oh, really? just a brief one. Uh, but at the, the, the gist of it was he got a summons in the mail and he kind of blew it off. Well, the summons wasn't for him. Mm. It was for his ex-wife. Ooh. <laughs> and eventually he looked at it and it uh. said who he knows who it was for. Right. So Brad's a good guy. Mm. And he got it all cleared up. But it took about <laughs> seven phone calls to make oh, it right. right. Make it right. Yep. She yep. never found out. You have to take the uh, you have to have jury duty seriously. Yeah. Much more seriously, evidently, than I took it. Okay, so it's time for Words of Wisdom, Peter. All right, bring it. What I think do you the got? Words of Wisdom should come from our recent activities of working on a, uh, working on a project car. Now, we've been spending a lot of time together not recording port podcasts here, haven't we? Yes. So we, uh, we recently put the uh, rear springs in a 1961 Ford Ranchero. Now, you want to remind some of our newer listeners what a Ford Ranchero is? Because so, until I met you, I haven't even heard of a Ford Ranchero. So the Ford Ranchero is... is Basically, the first sport utility. Get out of here. The first, well, the first <laughs> crossover. So Ford made a you know, truck. You know, I will buy that. It's a crossover. The crossover. It so is it's a the, crossover. It's the first crossover uh, built on a Ford Falcon frame, and they cut the back of the Falcon off and made it into a truck. And so it was for the farmer who wanted to haul firewood during the week and go to church on Sunday or go out to eat on Saturday night. And I mean, that's how they advertised it. it. I mean, it's part, in this case, it's party in the front. Right. And business in the were back. You, were you the one telling me that you had seen advertisements for it or read about it? No, that was not me. Somebody recently said, oh, it's uh, it my friend Chris. He said he read an article about the Ranchero, and that's how it was advertised, about hauling firewood during the week and going out on Saturday night. That's how it was advertised that's great. before. Now, it's kind of like the El Camino. Right. And so the that was Chevy's response to the... To the, the Ranchero. Ranchero was El Camino, and okay. El Camino is actually what caught on. Uh, okay. But the the first crossover was the Ford yeah. Ford Ranchero. I mean, because it is a it is a unibody yes. vehicle. It doesn't have a frame. It's a unibody, it's a, and they called it a pillar. So the Mustangs were a pillar uh, cars also, and so the Mustang uh, was built out of Falcon and Comet parts. That's crazy. Yep. So what were we talking? We were actually anyway, saying yeah, so words of wisdom. We've been working a lot on this vehicle yeah. just recently, and you yeah. have some words of the wisdom. The words of wisdom is if you're going to be under a car, make sure it is properly supported on the jack stands. Because uh, I saw a guy working under a car one time with just a tire jack. A tire jack. Yeah, so a tire like jack. A scissor jack. Yeah, well, just one that used to come in the car that was just the pole, mm-hmm. and you just you know you put the, Pump it the up. you pumped it up, and so if you you know if our listeners have never seen this. 
it had a little wobbly stand and a and a pole, and then you stuck the um, the tire iron into it and you jacked the car up, mm-hmm. and it could fall at and, any minute. I mean, basically, a breeze could blow this thing over. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, either the car could fall over or the jack <laughs> could just suddenly ratchet its way down. And yeah, I saw a guy underneath the car just just. And just hammering away with just a tire jack. Yeah, time. man, don't do that. Don't so. do that. I had I had a hydraulic jack that eventually started losing pressure. Mm-hmm. So you pump up the car, mm-hmm. and then you work on it, and then you come back, and it's all the way down. Slowly come back. Down. Slowly come down. <laughs> Words of wisdom: Make sure your car is properly supported before you crawl underneath it. That's a good word. Episode twenty-two in the bag. Yes. That's this is going this is going back in the archives here right. in the bag. Yeah. So that's almost beyond that's before the halfway point yeah so this is this is talking about bear bags and oh uh, yeah backpacking and we talked you, a lot about bears can you yeah we do have a bear series bear series yeah but can you is there really any way to bear proof something yes well this is this is sean mm-hmm. sean writes that he decided to set up a canoe trip where he didn't have to have his gear in the canoe with him mm-hmm. so they drove to where the campsite was mm-hmm. dropped off their gear then drove back upstream, got in their canoes, and canoed all day uh-huh. with the intent of landing at the at the campsite. And having all their, their stuff. gear there. Well, guess who was there? <laughs> and who was still there when they arrived? Right. The uh, actually a juvenile bear. Uh, and he was he was not leaving. Right. So and they've got pretty good video footage of the bear kind of walking around. Oh really? Really wanting to get into stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we had we had a bear. Uh, we were standing in the cabin one time, and a uh, bear came right up to the port. What did you do? Uh, we went inside. He <laughs> <laughs> was a juvenile, but they get used to the trash cans. Right. Yeah. Even though they had everything bear proofed. Right. You know, they just get used to it, and so um, yeah, he came right up to the porch. I could have touched him if mm-hmm. I'd stayed out there. <laughs> probably good. It's probably good you didn't do that. He looked very friendly. Good. Brief email, mm-hmm. I think you'd appreciate this, came from episode 51, Domain Squatting. Yes. As we talked about, I was searching for a domain name. Right. And how one of them was many, many, many thousands of dollars. It's like 19000 Yes, right? right. But now we avoided that one. Yes. And the domain we did purchase is thatdontsoundright.com. So go visit us. That's right. Our, our website is up. Yeah, you can. We have links to uh, all of our social media. We have links to our store. So it's kind of one-stop access to the podcast. Also, if you don't want to deal with an app, you can just listen to our podcast right from the website. It's very convenient. But as we were talking about the website, we talk about getting sucked into different video games yes. and sucked into time. And one game you got sucked into was... Driver. Driver, which I went looking for. You cannot get this game anymore. Really? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not... It's just the platforms enough. Yeah, it's not It's not ported anymore into right. the modern gaming right. systems, which is too bad. It looked pretty interesting. Yeah. But uh, Harry also wrote about that and said he loved playing Driver also. Oh, and really? And he pointed out, and maybe you remember, huh? it had the best theme song music. I don't remember the theme song. He said it is the best theme song music. <laughs> I don't remember it. I, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm going What's to go that? look it up on Spotify because I don't know if you I don't know if you know this, uh, but pretty much any of the video game music that's uh, ever been played, right? You can find it on Spotify. Oh, really? It's got it's got sound clips, and you can go. I mean, you can play just about anything. You can have the Pac-Man theme playing on playing Spotify. Spotify. Well, you know, I saw Driver recently in a like a BuzzFeed top ten hardest 
video game moments. Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> because the uh, the initiation? Yeah. So, to like I told you, in order to play the game, you had to pass the driving test. Which was not easy. Which was not easy, but you couldn't play the game if you didn't pass the you test. You had to unlock it. You had to unlock it. And so and I, think no you had to do it. I think you had to do it every time. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I think you had to do it, like, it was not easy. You know, everybody talks about the new... The new game that's out there, and I will not be able to recall the name, but that's very, very hard. But some people just love difficult games. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, so y'all have come to the end of our mailbag episode. Thank you to everyone who wrote in or texted in or stopped us in the hallway and contributed to this episode. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been fun reading your emails. It's fun hearing about the That Don't Sound Right community, kind of sharing things that just don't sound right. That's right. So That Don't Sound Right is a production of TDSR Podcast in conjunction with Camel City Studios. I am your, I am your uh, sound engineer, Cecil Davis. Web designer is J. Peter Billman. Our logo design is by Emily Billman. And uh, our brand ambassador is Brent. And as always, listener number one is Scott. So uh, until next Saturday night, keep talking. And stay curious.